Let's bring it back, way back. WDAV, DeVilleRadio.com. Dropping the big tunes. Wait, wait, wait. 
rain, hail, snow, and earthquakes, the beat breaks, cause all my niggas to break, son. Styles are similar to criminals locked up with gats, kettle tabernacles, fucked up. I live once, though, the mind stays infinite, traveling to touchdown plans in my midst while I carry to earn a decent salary, soon get married, raise a family, but the plan will be real great to sit up in the law, count stacks and max, and real cats go watch my back, but listen to the who, son, and maintain the soul real, solving individuals kill, I fuck with so we might leave the poison alone, projects infested with rats, cats, and crack homes, half of us will try to make it, the other half will try to take it, so many fake Half real, free to real, born in science, my alliance and a lot of surprises. Keeping my eyes wide to this, the unfortunate, playing in mountains, counting with jewelry on. Can it be the next team house to horn? Chill done, just for real ones, like the liar. I hate to have to tie the next guy up. Pay attention to Tim Tim Wings. Who blame? Now I'm scaring you, the truth, buckle up. Now who's a legend? I'm the chief host of the Colin Nation, the Colin Genesis, guiding you through the next couple of hours on the DeVille Radio Network throughout the world and throughout the universe and this metaverse. It's an interesting conversation of geopolitics, local politics, national politics, political politics, pan-African politics, a culture critic of a geopolitical pundit. Now, today is a very rainy day. You know, rainy days make me sad. I played that song by Raekwon and Ghostface on the Cuban Link album, Rainy Days. This song was so fitting. And the reason why it's so fitting because it caught me by a complete surprise. 
you know, I uh, woke up, I, I looked at the forecast last night, and it said between uh, uh, four and five, you might have some uh, uh, 100% chance of storm, right? But then after five, it says it clears up. So I think, okay, it might get a little rush, whatever, like that. And I said, no, no, they said we're going to have a severe storm. I said, my forecast didn't say that because I would have been mentally prepared for it, right? I would have left my office earlier. So anyway, I'm going to tell you right now, not only were those bolts of lightning coming down where I could reach out and touch them, if you want to know, folks, lightning does scare me. That's the one thing in the world that I'm terrified of is lightning. I'll see a lightning bolt so close I can touch them. Big, giant-ass lightning bolts. The cloud was, the sky was black. You know, rain was coming down so hard, right? That my car was drenched. Just out of nowhere, it came down so hard. There was water, like it was up on the hood of my car. And I'm just like driving, driving, driving this rain. I said, Lord, why? And why? Why? And so I'm driving, driving. Just get me home. Get me safe. Driving the polo. You know how a car goes up in your car and you might damage the engine? I was so scared. I said, I don't want to be stuck out of this. And it was raining so hard I had my wipers on blast that I still couldn't see. Lightning coming down and everything like that. And, he got, and all of a sudden, I saw this one person. No matter how bad I had it, right? I seen a car had went off and there was a head-on collision and the people are outside with the cops right and the car was sitting on the embankment and i said to myself but you always think no matter how much bad situation there's always somebody's situation then i cheered up i hate i'm not cheering on somebody else's misfortune but i'm saying but for the grace of god there goes i because no matter how much shit i'm going through right now i don't want to be that guy over there right there he's going through some shit he's his car's in an accident. Uh, uh, you got to get towed. Rain's coming down and everything like that. He has nowhere to go and everything. He had police got to do it. It's a mess. I don't want to be in that situation. So I kept my black ass straight on the road and got home and safe, right? But that's what we're going to talk about tonight, right? While we're always complaining about how good we have it, right? We never look and say, you know something? But for the grace of God, there goes I. We used to be like that. When do we get to the point where the losers, the people who have misfortune, defines us? You got black. It's a sickness. It's a parasitical sickness in our community. The losers, the criminals, the thugs, you know, the people that's fucking up in black America, right? Or defining what we are. I, I have, I'm so sick and tired of hearing about what we need to do. No, nigga. What you need to do, what people like you need to do, I got my shit together. You don't. So why is it that these people always dominate the conversation? There was a show on Diane Samir. They're talking about, oh, the Pukishas and the Ray Rays and Roy Atlanta. Why not talk about the black people who have got Atlanta popping? Yeah, but the Pukis and Ray Ray, yeah, they're fucking up. Yeah, they got bad community. Yeah, there's drug dealers and everything. But why is it us black people, right? We can't keep these morons out of our spaces. We got to talk about them. And I'm glad the Breakfast Club is gone. You know, maybe that could bring some balance here. But then again, in the wake of the Breakfast Club, who's going to take their place? More Pookie and Buquisha stuff dominating the, the, the thing. I don't want to hear about uh, 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 what's, what's his baby and whoever else, 
going through a, a, a divorce and a Neo and whoever the hell else. Why do we need to know that? Okay, it's gossip and everything. But you notice how every other group of people, they'll have that gossip, but they'll have serious stuff that dominates the rest of the time. We are foolish people. And we are a foolish people. We're like the Bangors and the, uh, the Roger Kimblings, the, uh, the monkeys, and the Roger Kimblings, the Jungle Book. Full of vanity, full of pride and everything like that. No one can tell us anything. And people now are freaking looking at the Donald Trump. Oh, FBI That was the biggest mistake of things. Rating Donald Trump's mansion, it's almost like Trump set them up. Because now he has his sympathy. The FBI and whoever put that fucked up big time. You say, well, well, he raised his house. No. They had some, uh, they had an informant in there that said he had some documents. That, first of all, the president declassified documents. He said it wasn't declassified. declassified. He could declare it at any time. So they said they had a mo- uh, some information in there, and they went there looking for something. I don't know, drugs, whatever like that. The, the, the informant inside Margot Lago said they had. Now, the informant could have been somebody. Let me tell you what an informant is, folks, for those of you who don't have any street smarts, right? Al Sharpton was an informant. You know how? Why? Because they busted him on a case, right? Where he said he could put uh, uh, Freddie with uh, whatever, you know. And they busted him, and he became an FBI informant for years. I mean, you say you do what the FBI says. An informant is somebody basically who uh, is not an undercover agent. That's somebody that goes in there. They probably caught him in something like uh, child pornography or something like that. He gets something on you, and then they own you. And they say, you know something? You're one of the good old boys in Trump. Let's go in there and find something. And then what happens is the people, and it's like, it's, it's supposed to be you find the crime and then you find, you go looking for the criminal. But now we find the people first and then we go looking for a crime. It's all backwards. So in other words, basically, let's go find something. Mueller once said that, uh, give me the person and I'll show you the crime. That means you, I, everyone, right? If they dig deep enough, they're gonna find something on you, whether a tax thing or something you did. They're gonna, they're gonna bring you in and say something you did. You know, you were in a court case and you pled this, and you know, a police report said this, and they might overlook that and they say, "Oh man, you lied under oath and everything." Oh yeah, that's a serious charge. If we want to bring it, well, your face is in. Well, guess what? You're gonna be our bitch now, our foreman. That's where they had inside the Trump, the Mar-a-Lago. They had an informant, somebody they had something on. And the informant, right, they know that anytime the informant says, look, if they don't deliver at a certain time, they get dropped. And they got to face either, you know, usually the informant's living on getting money. They're living their life, you know, they're living their life and everything. They're milking it for all it's worth. So they got to deliver. So anyway, they said they had some documents in there and stuff like that. And they went in there to verify that the documents that they were looking for in there, they said, yeah, they were in here whatever like that, they weren't declassified or something like that. Really something minor. Had nothing to do with January 6th. It's something about with the presidential archives and everything like that, you know? Something Obama did. Obama took like 60% of his archives and everything with him in his presidential library, which is not even built yet. You know? And he, he basically has them. Hillary Clinton had the, uh, the uh, 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 classified stuff on her personal server. And then deleted it. And she wasn't raided by the FBI. 
So this is all political. We all know it and everything. And say, Colin, why are you always defending Donald Trump? Why? Because if they can do this to Donald Trump, then they can do this to you. And this is not funny. The FBI, any other branch of law enforcement, I would say, yeah, 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 whatever. But the FBI has a license to kill. If the FBI comes to your door, right, if you don't comply, whatever like that, or they either end, they can freaking kill you. They can put you under arrest and murder you. They can have a license to kill, you know, and nobody can do a damn thing about it. There's hundreds of people being rounded up by the, in the middle of the night by the FBI. We don't know what they are, whatever like that. The FBI said you did something, they'll come in there and get you. Just recently, Omomali, or, 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 uh, or the, the, the Uhuru African Socialist Party, was rounded up and arrested. They took his cell phone and everything just a, a week before Donald Trump was arrested. So all the political enemies of the Democratic leftist party are being targeted. They said they they had a they spoke highly of Vladimir Putin. That's enough to get you uh, arrested nowadays. If I get on here and start saying, you know something, I like Putin. If I play the Volga Boatman right now on this show, I might get my 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 door kicked in tonight. I might just do that, you know. Let's just call that bluff. So anybody because because the United States is losing Putin and everything like that, Joe Biden's going crazy. They signed a, a, a order. Saying that by Congress meets a Negro from the Curse Black Congress, that anybody that that has any any African country anything that has any uh, leanings towards Putin will be sanctioned. So if you go to an African country and they got pro Putin, you can go up go to Africa on vacation. If that country sided with Putin, they can hell they can try to say, oh, you're being a Russian spy. This is wide ranging and reaching right now that people don't know what's going on. It's all because the Democrats really know they have really no platform. They have nothing but force, and they're going to use this force right until they lose uh, the Congress and the Senate, and then Trump comes back in 2024. So they're trying to get all that unpopular shit passed, like this uh, uh, this stupid, ridiculous um, bill uh, law to uh, uh, to uh, uh, kill inflation. But what people don't tell you is this: Remember, Joe Biden said if you make under four hundred thousand dollars a year, guess what? If you make $10,000 a year, your taxes is going up. Forget all the deductions and refunds and whatnot. They hire all these agents to collect it. They come in for the bag. So buckle up, Buttercup. This is what y'all voted for. This is what y'all voted for. But enough of that, you know. So this is what we have right now. My point I'm trying to make tonight is this. When the majority of our people in this country are working class, middle class, stay out of trouble and everything. But why is it that the thug element are front and center on every conversation? Why is it that we're still talking about all oh, the gang life and everything? Why? Because black people, black men are afraid of them. We're afraid to confront them. We're afraid to distance ourselves from them. Oh, we gotta be cool. I'm not cool with the bloods and the crips. I'm like Charles, I'm like, fuck the blood, fuck the crips, fuck them all. Motherfuck them all. And they, they want to think, like you say, I got you want guns, I got guns, got guns too. Want to shine for cash, see how it sounds through. All right, you know, incarcerated Scarface, you got guns, I got guns too. Bottom line is this, you know, I hate to say this, right, but we got, this is going to be a civil war in black America. And the bottom line is this, you telling me that these people, 
saying we can't do nothing about gangs and drugs and everything. But some documents in Trump, you can, uh, and never in history of a president, former president, been raided like this, right? But you can't do nothing about the drug dealers and the murderers that's afflicting America every day. But you can go into the former president's house. It showed you it's all political. The bottom line is they need the criminals to keep you in line, keep you in fear. And if you can't fight back for yourself, right? If you fight back, it's the whole thing is this. People say, well, we're going to be vigilantes, right? If you fire or you try to patrol your neighborhood and say like this, that's why I don't understand all the black people talking about we need gun rights and everything like that. But have you seen what happens when you try to defend yourself or your property and everything? Even if somebody try to break in and you shoot somebody, you, uh, I, I hope you have a good $30,000 laying around. So we need $30. That's also going to take you clear your name. Somebody breaks into your house, right? Right. By the time they put you through the system, you know, you have to sell your house, cash in your kids, college fund, everything just to defend yourself. That's the world we live in. Why? Because the state used to be a time where people were responsible for your all their rugged individualism, right? You know, there was traditional rugged, you responsible for your property. You, you, you carry a six-shooter and whatnot, you know? People say, well, self-defense. You draw. You meet at sundown. You know? You assault somebody. Okay, draw. You have a duel. They they took all that away, you know? You have to fight against bushwhackers, you know? And all these other people, marauders and everything like that. So you form posses, militias, and everything to fight these people. Not anymore. Now... You got your protection is some 98-pound lady, you know, wearing lipstick, some fat, overweight guy who can't walk, who can't run down the block. And then you got these racist people who aren't trying to friggin' get crime. They just want to take any opportunity to knock you upside the head. And they completely ignore the criminal element because it's too dangerous. Just the other day, a guy in Texas, a cop in Texas, went to the door and said, Tyrone, uh, we're going to make this the hard way. The guy shot the guy, the, the cop killed him through the door. That's what you're dealing with. That's what you happen when you let crime get to where it is right now. Police are getting killed every day right now. Because you got people releasing people, people cuddling criminals. It's not really their fault. Societies, they're victims of society and all stuff like this. And you let these people prey on the community, right? What do you think is going to happen? You think they're going to suddenly say, you know something? I've been killing, shooting, and terrorizing people, right? I think I'm invincible. But then or some cop will come to the door. What do you think he's going to be like, you know something? Officer, because you have that uniform on, right? It's nice, the badge, everything. I'm just going to freaking comply and just <coughs> do the right thing. No. You let it escalate to that point where he has no respect for human life and he has no fear of consequences. And that's what's happening. And that's what's happening in this country. You know, again, I ask the question. No matter how much you uh, 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 go through, why? It's like this. Let me tell you something. It's like this. Never in history, everybody wants to be oppressed. Everybody wants to be a victim. Everybody's a victim. White men. I'm a victim of reverse racism. Like I take, you know, who I like a lot. 
He says, oh, white men are discriminating against. Oh, they're taking all the white characters. Everybody finds a way to make themselves out to be a victim. You know? <coughs> Excuse me, folks. I'm caught a cold today. Everyone's a victim. Black females are victims. Uh, black uh, uh, entrepreneurs, we don't get support from the black community. Black immigrants were victims. You know, black Africans were victims. Europeans, you know, Hispanics were victims. Sure, we came across the border illegally. We ain't, we ain't supposed to be here. And sure, we're not carrying insurance when we crash into your car, but it's your fault. Nowadays, uh, if uh, criminals are victims, you know, if you go into somebody, a criminal comes to your house and robs you, and he slips on the mat of your house, right, and breaks his leg, he can sue you. You know, uh, uh, or he comes in your house and eats something out of your refrigerator and gets sick, he can sue you. Why? Because you should have made sure when the criminal comes, right, that you had food set out for him that was fresh and everything right there. You should have the money set out for him that he was looking for. <coughs> or you should have left him a thank you card saying, thank you, Mr. Burglar, and everything. And you should do things, know how to do things amicably. The criminal comes, you comply. You give him your money. Yeah, you make sure he has something to eat in the refrigerator so he don't tear it up and everything. And you put the dog away, right? Because if the dog bites him, you're going to get sued. So these are the type of things that you have to basically adjust yourself with in the new world order. Constant fear, constant want, constant neglect. And I ask the question, there's nowhere in history whereas Free people are envious of the chains of slaves. But what are you talking about, Collar? You're always talking shit. Everybody, you, you would think we're living in a Soviet gulag, the way people act. The freest country in the world. <coughs> Excuse my folks. Let me take a drink some water. You would think we were in Soviet gulags and all these stuff like this, the way people, act. but we're getting that way, folks, with the FBI. People, oh, I write to the, you're on TikTok all day, complaining about this, every thought that comes to your mind. Stuff that people say that in any other country, they'll be locked up and put away and everything. You're free to say whatever you want to do and think whatever you want. That's not enough for people. Brittany Griner went up there saying that America sucks and America is the worst country in the world and odds are not this. I wonder what she's thinking about that now. I wonder what she's thinking now. <coughs> I wonder what she was thinking if Donald Trump was president, he would have got her back home by now. So she let her sit there for nine years. God, that's a little harsh. Uh, the problem, like I was saying last week, is this. People the people who call themselves liberal and everything like that, they don't understand the liberal is just as much a cultural uh, racist imperialist as anybody else. Your liberalism, right, like, like people try to impose homosexuality to the other day where two gay men were found, uh, had adopted children using child pornography rape. But you can't tell a gay man he can't adopt children. It's not appropriate, right? Because you might be, <coughs> you might be insensitive. You might hurt his feelings. He has rights. You know, Pete Buttigieg. You know, if he becomes president, his wife will be the first dude. 
all this kind of nonsense. They're normalizing sickness and perversion. And there's no right or wrong. There's no male or female. There's no up and down. There's no right or wrong. There's no good or evil. It's whatever makes you feel good. But this Brittany Griner thing, right, is waking people up. Russia is a very evil country. North Korea is an evil country. United States has its problems, right? But it's nowhere near North Korea and, uh, and Russia and China. These countries are evil. They round people up. China, people, China uses citizens that know rights as human parts. If some, some rich person in China needs a, a heart or liver transplant, guess what? You're a prisoner. You ain't got no say-so over that. But you would think when you listen to these people, China is the best country in the world, Kala. They got all these human rights and everything. Oh, really? America is so systemic, <coughs> systemically racist and all this kind of nonsense. The reality is Brittany Graham. She went over there as a half-black woman and everything and broke the Russian law. Russia is sending a Russia is sending a message to America and the world <coughs> that your American exceptionalism is nothing. People have been basically around the world resisting what's going on in America. The same-sex marriages, <coughs> the marijuana, it's not acceptable around the world. Marijuana and dope is still marijuana and dope. Now, in American culture, said, well, that shouldn't be. A, people actually said that's severe. Man. Marijuana is like this. No. A couple of decades ago, marijuana was condemned in America like that. But because of social media and people like Bill Maher, who smokes a joint right there on television and movies like Cheech and Chong, <coughs> Dave Chappelle, and stuff like this, the, the acceptability of this, even movies like uh, 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 Harold and Kumar, you know, the weed culture is one. You know, there's singers get on stage, get real about weed, legalize it. Really, Nelson spent his whole life trying to uh, uh, legalize it and everything. The state of Colorado, enough people said, you know, ran for office, said, yes, we're going to legalize everything. That's fine. <clears throat> but that's fine. But go, get, get caught with weed in your toxicology. Get caught uh, with somebody riding in your car that has weed in their system in Cobb County, Georgia. <coughs> Excuse me, folks. <clears throat> I got a really bad cold. I was soaking wet today. And this cold is really coming down on me, so I'm going to do the best I can with the show tonight. <clears throat> so even in certain states, <clears throat> don't get caught. Don't get caught with uh, weed. You know, and don't get caught with it. And most importantly, don't ever get caught in a country like Russia. <clears throat> They're not playing. The reality is you can't be like those, oh, yeah, well, there's, there's not enough Russians who agree with this with Bill Maher and all these other Hollywood celebrities, they mean nothing in that culture. You know? They mean nothing. I gave you fair warning. Beware, beware, beware. I gave you fair warning.
I'm not the one you should be underestimating. Confession fading, I guarantee I'll be under investigation. You can't handle the hole. I slam you on your skull, or we can go blow for blow like Evander Rimbaud. You never know. However, though, I still hold the title. With all my rivals, a chance to dance for Mr. Homicidal. And on the Bible, I swear to defend my crown. I've been around since forever, but never let it touch the ground. Don't fuck around and catch a rude awakening. My crew's basically waiting patiently for you to move your patrons in. The will surround you, formed as a storm and pound you. Look around you, Trevor's squad. Everywhere like sound you the boogie down, do it like nobody. Who are we? The foundation you facing a whole arm, whole arm, whole arm. I gave you fair warning, beware, beware, beware. I gave you fair warning, beware, beware, beware. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's up now, partner? You know what I'm saying? Think this is just some rap shit. We do this shit for real. Terror squad, nigga. Fucking shoot the place up. Motherfuckers know the time. This motherfucking rap game. So crack. Big dog punisher. Pull a clip through. The fuck? What? Beware, 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 beware. Like I said, beware. <clears throat> beware of the this is the age of the fool. You know, I don't know what it is, but people uh are leading you down the primrose path of destruction <clears throat> what i suggest people right this i got this uh i saw this one girl on tiktok the other day cute as i don't know what i think she was like asian or puerto rico or whatever cute as i don't know real pretty and she knows it right and she's going off about how people got pretty privilege and these people got money and they, they get things handed to them i'm like looking at it like the girl's fucking absolute gorgeous everything so she was wearing her hair sort of out and everything like that and she had some sweatshirt on and everything then one of her videos i looked at her page she was looking hot she knew it you know having a skirt on one that she knows she's one of them right <clears throat> then you had all those people in the comment section yes right the pretty people rule they get hand handed to them whatnot it's life's unfair and everything this is what i'm talking about 
Everybody got a sob story <clears throat> why they should be pitied. Me personally, right? If you come to me groveling now, I'm gonna kick you in the head. If you go, I'm such a loser, Kyla. I'm such a loser. What am I gonna do? Okay, come over here. Turn around. Yeah, bend over. And I'm a friggin' jump kick and, and nail you right in the ass. And you can go flying across the room. <clears throat> I'm sick of losers. I'm sick of bums. I'm sick of people not doing what they could do when I ain't want sympathy and pity. Coward. You know, life is so hard, man. Agony, agony, agony. Oh, agony, agony, agony. It said, Coward, you sound ruthless. You sound like a mean collar. You ain't the kinder and gentler collar. Look, I tried that. All I did was create a bunch of friggin' self pitying fools around me. Now I'm like this. If you don't get your shit together, don't talk to me. Don't conversate with me. I don't want to hear your sob story. I want to hear what you're going to do to improve your situation. And then we can meet on that the higher plateau. I don't want to hear all the sob story. I didn't do this and the system and everything. The system and thing. And it, it, like, literally, like I said, the bottom line is everybody went against me this last election. I said, look, uh, uh, things are going to get really fucked up. Inflation, gas, I put everything you see right now, I predicted. I was right. <laughs> that just comes with study. And I wasn't always like this, folks, right? I, my first major prediction, right, on politics, right? Because I really, to be honest with you, I didn't know shit about politics in 2000, right? When, when Bush, I, I, this is how freaking stupid I was, right? In 2000, hold on, 23 years ago, right? People say, call it, man. You 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 know a lot about politics now, right? But it took me 22 years to get there. Well, actually, uh, I would say 2000, by the time 2000, uh, okay, 2000, I would say 2000, uh, halfway into Barack Obama's term. No, first term, right? 2010. <clears throat> so that's 2000 to 2010. That was 10 years, right? That wasn't really that good, but I knew a little bit of something. It wasn't because social media helped me out a lot. I knew a lot about world history and everything, but I did not know how Washington, D.C. worked. It wasn't until freaking the social media that really opened my eyes to how shit worked. I just went on with the surface, and I'll tell you right now, I know for a fact. Had it had Facebook and Twitter and all that been around, Barack Obama couldn't have got elected. You know, he was the last president that was fed to us by the mainstream media with no vetting of social media. So it happened like this in 2000, right? Bush and Gore was debating, right? And Clinton, Bill Clinton was absent from a lot of the Gore rallies and everything. And I said, well, wasn't he, wasn't Gore or his vice president? And basically, then at the time, right, Hillary and Bill decided they would move into New York City, to New York, and open up a Harlem, Harlem, right? A political move. And so I said, why did they move from Arkansas? Arkansas is not the seat of political power. New York is. So Bill Clinton was making a move to the move in the black, sorry, black, black area where he has a lot of friends in the black community and everything, and they were going to run Hillary. And so therefore they abandoned Al Gore, you know? And I said, what's so bad about Al Gore? You know, uh, you know, Al Gore was that Southern Democrat, Dixiecrat type. Bill Clinton was too, but 
he was more liberal and everything like that. So I began to understand how policy worked because I when they was when back when I heard Pat Buchanan explain the difference between Gore and Clinton, I said to myself, God, I am fucking ignorant, man. I was sitting there listening to this debate. No, then somebody said, No, see, and this right here is gonna show the difference. I said, I did not know Bill Clinton and Al Gore had ideology different. I didn't know. You know? And I said to myself, man, I will never be caught off guard being friggin' ignorant ever again. This is why when I see people and they don't like Donald Trump and they can't give you any reason why, and I don't make, I'm sorry, I can't rock with that. You got to tell me, give me specific reason other than he's an asshole why you don't like Donald Trump. Because I did not know anything. I understood, man. I told, oh, yeah, you know, Bush, Gore. I did not know why I shouldn't like George Bush. All I know is Al Gore was Clinton, and Clinton was a was a uh, uh, was the first black president. We was with black people, so we got to go with Al Gore and everything like that. And Al Gore almost won. He almost won. And when Clinton Gore left left office, there was a recession. But George Bush turned out to be such a disaster that I think we should have came out even stronger for Al Gore. But then again, history is what it is because. It, uh, Bush, we got Barack Obama. <coughs> it is Obama. The Obama year changed America a lot. But I'm trying. What I'm trying to say is this: I did not know about politics, right? I, I was, I, I was right. Well, let me get back to the point where I said I was right. When George Bush was elected, right? The very first people don't realize this, right? The very first week he, he took office right i don't think he was even inaugurated yet yeah he was inaugurated right before 9 11 happened <clears throat> this was early 2001 he sent a couple of cruise missiles into baghdad as a provocation you know no other reason whatsoever saddam was saying been quiet for years he sent a couple of uh uh uh, uh tomahawks and and bombed Baghdad out of the blue sky. Then, uh, basically, I saw, I was watching Charlie Rose. And I saw he had G. Gordon Liddy up there. And G. Gordon Liddy was making a case for the invasion of Iraq. Mind you, this is early in 2021, right? 9-11 happened in November. No, September, excuse me, September 11th. This is early January, February. He's on Charlie Rose talking about, yes, and then Charlie Rose asked him, what would, if you go there, what would you tell the reason why would you tell the Iraqi people, you know, why you're there? He said, we're here to liberate you. He said, why Iraq? He said, Iraq, we got to, so in other words, G. Gordon Liddy was briefed, you know, he's a CIA spoof and everything, talk shows, everything like that. He's briefed by, uh, 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 people in the Bush administration. That's why I said the worst people were those right wingers and the neocons in the Bush administration. They were the worst. I learned who neocons were. These are neo uh, neocons. Are, they go on the conservative ba- banner like this Dick Cheney who uh, looks old and decrepit. He has a, 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 a ad out there saying, uh, "Help Liz Cheney, my daughter. My daughter's a freaking bitch." These people are sitting on the deaths of a million Iraqis. And he has a nerve to come out here and talk about elect his reelect his daughter because Donald Trump's the worst president and all this kind of nonsense. When did we start liking Dick Cheney and George W. Bush? 
they cause a million deaths in the Middle East because the media and the New World Order tells you Trump bad and and uh, and what you call and all these other people are good. What the hell is that on my wall? Is that that's like a water bug? I know I don't have roaches, but that's a bug crawling wall. I hate bugs and everything like that. I don't want to interrupt my show to go there and squash this guy because I know he'll come up there, he'll get away. But it was maybe maybe it's a spider. I'm just going to assume it's a spider. Okay, spider, Mr. Spider, you can go up to the top of the ceiling, spin your web, and catch some uh, uh, other things. Like I think it's a spider. Okay, okay, bug would be his legs are that wide, or that could be. I don't know what the hell that is. Can't see it from here. I don't know what the hell that is. Go on my wall. You know, there's rain out here now. You don't know what the hell. But how did we get to the point where Dick Cheney and and I asked people, I said, you guys forgot. See, I have not forgot about that Iraq war. I'm still angry about that Iraq war. When 9-11 happened, right, and George Bush starts talking about, uh, and you had Osama bin Laden, you have Afghanistan, and all the stuff like this. George Bush, before the Iraq, uh, the, not September 11th, he said there's an axis of evil in the world. He said North Korea, Iran, and Iraq. Now, the Taliban and Al-Qaeda was in Afghanistan. So he bombed the Taliban a little bit and everything like that. Then, next thing you know, he wanted to go to Iraq. And for a whole year and a half, he's building up. He had Colin Powell, right? Dick Cheney. With some, uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, uh, what's the guy's name? Uh, uh, handle name? Uh, 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 I forgot the guy's name. I'm a guy to do this thing. I gotta do justice. The guy who basically created this phony thing showing fuel uh, 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 trucks with chemical deadly weapons. It was all animated. Colin Powell played that in front of the UN. Colin Powell lost his credibility. Honorable man. But the power, these powerful white guys like Rumsfeld and Dick Cheney. Said, look, nigga, you know that you're up here because of us. That you don't want to go back to the ghetto, you know, so you better go along with what we're talking about. That's what happens when you you put yourself in a situ- situation where you sell your soul. Colin Powell's an honorable man. But he knows he lied, you know. He knows he lied. Uh, let me see. Let me find that guy's name. I gotta say it. He knows he lied about the weapons of mass destruction. You know, a million Iraqis, hundreds of thousands of people maimed, displaced, and everything. Five thousand American soldiers dead and everything. George Bush walks around with his bumbling idiot self. Halliburton got super rich when I helped uh, uh, Dick Cheney and his daughter. You know, they selling weapons of death and destruction and whatnot. Since since uh, the Ford administration, uh, Dick Cheney's nothing but been nothing but a political hack and everything. That's okay with you guys, right? But Donald Trump is a problem because you listen to what these stupid idiots on social media and these idiots on freaking Hollywood have to say. Remember one time George Bush was the enemy. You know, they ain't like George Bush, but quickly how uh, when somebody comes up and says, you know, we're gonna build. Uh, uh, Build a uh, 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 build a uh, wall and do all this stuff and stuff that people have been on people's minds. Suddenly, he's a racist and whatnot. The fact that uh, 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 Donald Trump is the only 
candidate that supported person that's a major person that supported Jesse Jackson's presidential campaign twice. He endorsed Jesse Jackson and with money. He said, this is a guy I want to see president. He, 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 he uh, ran with uh, Jesse Jackson in 84 and 88. He said, that's the best guy. Donald Trump used to be a Democrat, you know, gave money to black organizations and everything. Hung out with black people, stars, you know, hip hop radio stations and everything like this. But suddenly he's a racist now. Those of us from New York understand that we know Donald Trump, you know, we know him. You know, he may be an asshole or whatever like that, but the guy is not a fucking racist. As he's no more racist than any other white guy in this in this country. Oh wow, thirteen foot great white shark pinged off the coast of Virginia Beach. Yikes! You know, what's that guy? Let's see. Uh, weapons of mass destruction. Destruction. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. What's the. Yeah, let's see. What's that guy? I have to say this. What's, the, what's his name? I remember, what you call it? In, uh, in uh, Watergate with Deep Throat. This guy had a unique name. You know? Who gave. Oh, uh, let's see. Da, da, da. And, uh, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Where's the hoax? Uh, animation. 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 Let's see. What's the guy's name? I got political cartoon fake news. What was that guy's name? Guy's gonna be so common when I find it. You know, it's gonna be so common. That's so common. I can't find this guy's name. But he had a handle, you know, and he was the one who gave. Uh, uh, he was the one who gave uh, what you call it, Colin Powell that video. That uh, who gave that uh, that video, you know, to play before Kofi Annan and everything, and then after uh, 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 which we call him, and then with the on the behest of this guy named Ahmed Chalabi. Now people forget about all this stuff. He was a, basically uh, the Iraqi National Congress guy. He said the America is going to be greeted with roses and flowers and candy. He was sitting on Donald Rumsfeld's lap, kissing him on his shoulder, and he was going to be the new the United States government wanted to install Chalabi as a de facto head puppet state. George Bush really thought it was that easy. You could have this Western-educated guy Ahmed Chalabi and put him in, the, in the, over the Iraqi people. He didn't understand that it was Saddam Hussein through fear that was keeping Iraq together. He didn't understand there was a North, South, East, and West. There was the Kurds. There was Shiites. And those Sunnis and all this other stuff like this. See, by the time the Iraq War happened, I was real well versed in geopolitics. It took me a few years, it took me five years, but I did it. I understood that there were different people and everything. And I argue with people all the time. You, these people, just because you think that you're going to turn, uh, uh, invade the country, and they're going to be wanting Walmart and Disneyland, these people don't. All they know is war. The only thing holding them together 
is uh, Saddam was saying, no, you got to see, man. You got to see. We're going to have like that. I, I, I lost so many freaking friends, particularly white friends. who said I was anti-American because I stood up against this, this Iraq war. Was I right? Yes. Then what happened was the sectarian thing broke out. And then the surge, all this stuff like that. Iraq was spoiled part. They're like, oh, wow. We're not, it wasn't that easy. We thought we could roll to Baghdad. My friend Marcus Overton, the one he's a like, pray for my brother Marcus because he's basically going through health problems. He's my BAL soldier, my top guy, right? He was in Fallujah, you know, and all these people talk about war. He saw the battles. He saw the death. He fought in Fallujah in Iraq. So I have firsthand knowledge of all this stuff like that, the Battle of Fallujah. Fallujah was American soldiers completely ambushed. That was the reality of the war, that you're deep inside these people's country, you know? And you thought that American flag and everything meant something. It means there's absolutely nothing over there. And you were ambushed. And we kept getting ambushed by these uh, uh, these uh, rogue elements. Because they don't think, people thought, okay, you know, uh, these people want to build their country and everything. So they got, they don't care about that. They don't have care about having nice roads. You know, people that, that could do without electricity, you know, we can't. If America falls apart tomorrow, man, this country will disintegrate. We wouldn't know what to do without our internet and electricity and everything. That's why when I hear these spoiled people getting on radio talking about how bad they got, they're sitting in a nice house. Look at the house. Go on TikTok. Life sucks. Woe is me. I want to, don't want to live. And you look in the back and see nice furniture, nice figurines, everything like that. And you talk about what you don't have and everything. No, you don't have what the next person that you envy has. You know? But you don't want to be satisfied and content with what you have. And try to improve your life or live within your means. Learn to love yourself. That's the first thing. And I'm tired of basically telling people all the time how I'm going to solve all their problems. No. If I can learn to love myself and be satisfied with myself and everything, so can you. When you learn to love yourself, your self-actualization, you take account of, this is what I am. This is what I bring to the table. This is I am. Or this, is, this is my image. And then you project a certain image out there to people, right? Some people are not going to accept your image. They're going to try to clown on you or whatever like that. But this is the image I, I have of myself. Because you'll be like this. I don't need you in my life. I don't need to talk to you, whatever like this. And you can write people off. Okay, you ain't buying it. You're not buying it to this agency that I created called myself and everything. Then you can't be a part of it. Or when you're a part of it, I'm only going to compartmentalize the part that you're a part of. And I'm going to go on and keep doing what I'm doing. And that's what you have to be. As you go older, people you realize that a lot of people ain't for you. You know? This is really bothering me. I really got to find out the name of that person. Let's see. Who created who gave gave Colin Powell Powell uh, WMD animation? Who gave the Colin Powell? Let's see. Okay, so, 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 so,
now this guy right here, they're covering this guy. I can't find this guy's name. He's the one who basically did this, you know. Solid intelligence with a Colin Powell. Colin Powell arguably most intelligent. The tragedy was personal too. Colin Powell was arguably America's most celebrated soldier, surviving surviving Vietnam and helping to rebuild America's shattered military. It had appeared to learn as prisoners to not to, to to avoid foreign occupation at all costs and to only go where he he went against his old thing. He said you break it, you own it. But the bottom line is. The arrogance of somebody like fucking Bush and ignorant uh, Cheney and all these other freaking people that when I talk about these people, I get angry. I get angry because the same people who let these people lead us off into war and destruction and everything got so much smoke for Donald Trump who kept us out of war. You know, that's because the media, everybody got to have somebody to hate. I hate Donald Trump. I hate Donald Trump. But look what he did. He got us out of all these freaking wars. Now we're going back into these wars. The power doctrine came to be known held that the United States, when it comes to war, must do only what overwhelming forces physically destroy the enemy and bring them home quickly to hospitals. You know, he said, you, you know, you can't stay in a country forever. You know, and if it was up to Joe Biden, we'd be in a, a, a Ukraine right now for the next hundred years. You know, what happened on the day, at that day of the UN? His friend, Lauren, confident, you know, Stafford told deep suspicion that George was ever to push a company of war. Yeah, so bottom line, George Bush was never held accountable. You know, I always, it angers me sometimes, right? You know, and uh, the which I, at Iraqi National Congress and all this kind of stupid shit. These people, what they tried to do, you know, these people, when I more think about this, so this is an article from the New Yorker. The more I think of what these people tried to do, Right, I think if Donald Trump gets elected again, right, and and you know something, what I'm angry about, Barack Obama. The reason why I voted for him, because he said we're gonna get to the bottom of why this war started, right? Then when he gets elected, he first thing he says is we gotta move on and put the past behind us. I was so friggin' angry. He he said I said we're gonna get we're gonna get to the bottom of this. We're going to find out what happened with this war. The weapons of mass destruction. We're going to investigate everything. Man, but he had an agenda to pass, you know? He said, no, nah, let's move past this. And George Bush and Dick Cheney got off scot-free. You know, we didn't get the justice that we, were, we, 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 we wanted. And then I thought, you know something? The people say, yeah, you got to wait to a second term. And his second term, he didn't say that... Uh, um, that he was going to, um, he was going to uh, 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 do it his second term. He was prepping for Hillary to take him over. So his second term, no weapons of mass destruction. We're talking about LGBTQ rights and everything. He said that's a fun. He went around the world preaching LGBTQ rights and everything. And I said, what about the weapons of mass destruction? What about the Iraq War, Mr. Barack Obama? You said that we were going to get justice. We were going to get to the bottom of this. You know? And you wonder why I like Trump. Because Trump does what he says. And he says what he, he says what he's going to do. He's straightforward. I don't like double speed. I don't like people who stick their finger out the window and see which way the wind is blowing. And then talk about, well, you know, we got to move on. And I'll say, no, let's not move on. Let's not move on. 
Let's get the we got we, you have to have a, a, a nation and a society built on principles. With, with, with WDAV Deville Radio.com. Let's bring it back, way back. WDAV Deville Radio.com. Dropping the big the hottest music in the city. Hey guys, it's Selena Gomez. Yo, what's up, it's Trevor Day. This is the Bill Radio. We'll be with you one second, folks, momentarily. This is the Deville Radio, College Nation Radio. Yo. Fraud niggas, y'all niggas, that's that shit I don't like. Yo shit, make believe, rapping about my own life. That's rad, nigga. Rick Flair, nigga. The power's in my head, nigga. I get to beat the chair, nigga. Soho, a trifecta. Three hoes, trifecta. Dope money, coke money. Shoe blow, my watch better, my pen's better. You don't write. Trendsetter, you clone like pay homage or cave bomb and ungrateful niggas I don't like. Smile in my face is what I don't like. They see your whole sound, that's a sound bite. The media crucify me like they did Christ. They wanna find me not breathing like they found Mike. A girl will run her mouth only out of spite. But I never hit a woman never in my life. I was in too deep like Makai Fife. In that pussy so deep I could've drowned twice. Rose gold, Jesus peace with the brown ice. Eating good veggie Perry with the brown rice. Girls kissing girls, cause it's hot, right? But unless they use a strap phone, then they not dykes. They ain't about that life. They ain't about that life. We hanging out the window, it's about to be a sugar night. Free pump chase, real nigga polite. Shout out to Dead Rose, man, that nigga nice. Shout out to LEP. Smoking no 
Judge people. <coughs> I heard a beat by 21 Savage. And like, I was like, oh, I was in Philly. I said, that 21 Savage. Like, oh, shit. That's the guy I'm supposed to hate. So I pre I prejudge people before I hear their music and everything. Like, then I go, oh, man. I feel guilty because I end up liking them, you know? You know? Rude boy on your scene. <laughs> Everybody likes your guts. Keep your smoke on. Flip this, get so ass flow at long distance. And plus, I got nine inches. 
bitches in my britches and keep an instant lit for the funky ass bitches. No New Jersey's on the map. So bring that. The confrontations start from the blunts and the remains. And if inmate MC out there wanna test, call my boy Papa C to put this plug in your vest. I won't radio show i'm gonna get right into it just a couple of weeks ago i was debating with some of my brothers about uh, africa and building in africa and everything and i said to myself i said to people outside nobody basically pushes more than i am but you cannot talk about going to the african continent and handy you can't go over there with your handout talking about i want land i want a citizenship I want all this stuff on day one. Africa owes me reparations. Blah, blah, blah. Nobody owes us shit. The world, you only owe what you can take and keep. 
power is taken. I don't know what part of that does a black man in America think. You think somebody's going to hand you a reparations check? You think somebody's going to hand you freedom? Well, the message, yo, look, freedom is not given. If somebody gives you a freedom, they can take it away. If you if your freedom is guaranteed by some constitution or some emancipation, you don't have real freedom. You're on borrowed time. And whatever freedom you think you have, they can take it from you anytime. They can say, you know something, I changed my mind. And it's happened all the time. Look how many political prisons we have in this country. On one hand, we talk about that, right? We talk, oh, we got political prisons. The government's persecuting us. Then we say, okay, the government's persecuting us. No, 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 that's not true. I got a constitutional right. I got lawyers. You got the fucking people talking about lawyers. I'm a constitutionalist, all this kind of stuff. The Second Amendment and everything. Were anybody look like you around when the Second Amendment was uh, written? No. Was anybody around you even thought of having a fire, a deadly weapon that you could basically pull a trigger in the life of a white man? No. Could they even fathom somebody like you only deadly force everything right? So that means that Second Amendment, for all what it is, was not intended for you. Man, call it, man. Jeez. Man, you make me think sometime, man. I know, okay, I let that swirl around your nugget. I know when, you're, when your brain is not used that much, right? Like I said, there's a difference between a mind and a brain. Everybody has a certain amount of ounces of brain, but the mind is a very small part of the brain. You know, a mind is a terrible thing to waste, you know? The mind is a terrible thing to waste. God gives everybody a brain, but that doesn't mean everybody have a mind. People have a mind, a collective mind, like African-Americans have a mind. The Nigerian has a certain mind. Mind has a mindset. You cannot change. the hardest thing in the world to change people's minds. Do you know how many years it took for them to denazify Germany? Because that, that, that German uh, love for Germany, it wasn't even so much as Nazi. It was just the fact that Hitler, everything was just so perfect. German race, German everything. They created this Deutschland, the German heaven, the... The Autobahn, Autobahn. I got captivated at stuff. When I look at pictures of the 1930s when the Nazi party built the, the German Autobahn, I said, man, it looks like the Palisades Parkway, a brand new ultra modern uh, state of the art freeway system in Germany that said there was going to be a connection between the Roman Empire. Rome, all roads lead to Rome. Rome had a series of networks throughout Europe. That's how we were able to control Europe, control the roads, and build highways, the roads in ancient times. So Germany wanted to be the third right building infrastructure. It's all about infrastructure, folks. And build the infrastructure to connect Europe all together. But I looked at the Autobahn, man. I'm like, yeah, cars driving on the Autobahn in the 1930s. I said, man, that looks like fun. Because the Autobahn reminds me of the freaking Palisades in New Jersey, in New York. It looked just like it. And I'm like, wow, man, this is cool. Germany. I said, man, shit, I would have been a Nazi my damn self, man. Brand new road, whatnot, driving in a sports car. And they said, driving on the Autobahn. Had exchanges, rest stops, and all that stuff like this. I said, man, this is cool, man. You know, it's a cool deal. You know, but the whole thing is this. Germany created such a perfect society. People didn't care nothing about the Jews and everything. But the mind of the German, right? The hatred for non-Germans, and particularly Americans, was hard to get rid of. They had to pass laws where you can't preach Nazism, you can't preach hatred and everything. Because it's against the law in Germany. The mind, so if they had laws 
And basically, you still got neo-Nazi groups and everything like that. Laws banning hate speech and everything. Punch more jail time. What happens with a country which basically said hate speech is protected by the Constitution? The Ku Klux Klan. In Germany, they got rid of the group. You can't have racist groups to intimidate minority groups. In America, the Ku Klux Klan had police protection. Neo-Nazi groups like that. So what, this is what you had in America. In the name of freedom and liberty, criminals, racists, and everybody run amok. Biker gangs and all the terrorists, mafia, all these associate criminal associations, right-wing militia groups, left-wing groups, whatnot. You know, America is a land of confusion. Everybody got the gun. Everybody got their finger on the Everybody's angry. It's God's angry land. America is like the uh, the the town whore that doesn't give everybody an equal blowjob. You got the town whore. Some people, oh, she's great. Then some people hate her. Because she's not giving up to them. Or she's giving up to certain people and not another. Thing. If you're going to be a whore, be it for everybody. America's like the big whore that certain people get to take multiple turns over. And some people get just to get to say hello. That's what you have, folks. But I want to talk about something, right? I was arguing with Jay Maul earlier. Uh, it's when he talked about Rapplers. I don't know what... You know, when we talk about Rapplers, right, Jamal's from Philly. I know Philly dudes are corny. I love my brother Jamal, but Philly dudes are corny. And he like, he like, yeah, you know, he's talking about lyrics and whatnot, right? And he's talking about, I don't know, what some part of Raekwon's song. See, I went into the thing. I'm like, dude, man, that's not the hook. And I told him, I said, this is what I came up with. I said, you say a verse that your favorite, and I'll say mine. You said something? I said, I said, I said, I said, I play Karis was uh, my philosophy. How many MCs must get this before somebody says, "Don't fuck with Chris"? He said, "Okay, okay, 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 I got you, Kyle." I said, "I'll give you another one." I take seven MCs, put them in a line, and that's seven more brothers who think they can rhyme. But it'll take seven more before I go for mine. And that's twenty-one MCs up at, at the same time. You know, uh, J, dear Yvette. You're a backseat queen, an elevator pro, a high power body makes your Levi's grow. So many LL verses are freaking off the chain. I'm bad, you know. You know, and what you call my radio, believe me, I like it loud. I'm the man with the box that can rock the crowd. Like, most down vibration by me going down in radio history. I'm sorry if you didn't understand. But this is, I need a radio inside my hand. And I said, okay, I'm going to give you another one. He said something else. Well, you know, you know, all that stupid. That's why how that freaking rap got fucked up. People talk about, oh, I did this, I did this, I had to shoot. Them. That ain't fucking real lyrics. Real lyrics is this. My name, Kane, is superior to many people. It means King Asiatic, nobody's equal. I hate to brag, but damn, I'm good. If a mic was a gun, I'd be Clint Eastwood. That's MCing. Not rambling over a bunch of these talk about your gat and your money and everything like this. This is what I'm talking about. Oh, lyrics or these lyrics or whatnot. No, none of these motherfuckers to rhyme. You gotta know how to rhyme. We're not talking ground. We're not talking sky. We're not talking low. We're not talking high. We're not talking big. We're not talking small. We're all your people going off the wall. We're not talking night. We're not talking day. But we're talking about Jam Master J. <laughs> 
That's what what the fuck happened to our uh, thing? Remember uh uh Fat Boys, you know, I'm on, I'm hard as a rock and my name ain't Tom. Try to battle me is like defusing a bomb. The red, white, the orange, the purple, the blue, one MC ain't enough. You're gonna need two. What the fuck happened? I tell you what happened, and then perfect example I'm talking about. Some corny ass white boy has a list of all his top rappers, right? Let me see if I can find this shit. You know, Nicki Minaj, uh, the top rappers of all time, you know? You know, let's see, top rappers list. Top rappers list. What the fuck is a rapper? No MC. People change the thing. Top rappers list. Rappers of all time. Somebody put this fucking shit up. I was so fucking pissed. All right. So let's see if I can find this. All right, so my, so my Billboard's top rappers all time. Biggie, no. Jay-Z, no. Eminem, no. Eminem and Biggie, no. Over Rakim, okay. Nas, uh, uh, dang, Andre 3000, Lauren Hill, Ghost Hill, Kendrick Millar. <laughs> oh, my God, man. Like I said, what the fuck, man? I give up, man. I give the fuck up. 50 greatest rappers of all time, Meek Phil, Lil Baby, Lil Uzi, Young Thug, Future, Drake, Lil Dirt, Moneybag Yo, Nicki Minaj, City Girls, Jerbo, Megan Thee Stallion, J. Cole, Juice World, Little Kid, Chief Keef, Migos, PND, Kodak Black, NBA Youngboy, uh, uh, King Von, A Boogie with the Hoodie, Tony Savage, Cardi B, Trippy Red. Lil Sky, Gucci Mane, Rich the Kid, Gunna, Chance the Rapper, you know, Paul G, Cowboy, Tory Lance, YBN, T Grizzly, YG, Nipsey Hustle, TY Dollar Sign, Tigger, I guess, Young Dolph, He Glock, XXX, Young Blaster, Quadranto, Eniel Choppa, you know, uh, Roddy Rich. Why in uh, Melon? He's facing the death penalty. Hopefully, he gets it. The uh, Baby times four. Blueface, Kevin Gates, NAV. You know, this is what they talk about. They go on by likes. You know, likes and stuff. I don't know. I don't know how they basically uh, like that. You know, but this is what they talk about. Yeah, the it's a collar. He's an old school. Give it up. You know, collar man. You need to go. Everybody always want. Let me tell you something, man. I'm getting sick and tired of right. People always try to clown on my fucking age. People always taking shots. I'm getting tired of people unking me. You know, they try to give me that unk collar shit. Motherfucker, your unk. Oh, yeah, you know, unk collar, man. Unk collar, man. He like, Get the fuck out of here, you corny motherfuckers, man. Try to unk me and shit. You know, I see what this fucking. Y'all niggas are corny. That's why I'm glad my brother Q but uh, C Butter's on with his radio show. We're gonna bring this shit back. We're gonna bring this shit back. I'm gonna hopefully I could be on his some of his shows and whatnot, give him some commentary. So the bottom line is this, man. We have to understand, man. People have to appreciate what good hip hop is. Now I'm not taking nothing away from these things, but hip hop is not based on record sales. And views and stuff like this. You got to have lyrics that fucking grab. Like I said, the lyrics I quoted will live in eternity. 
you know. I take seven. I'll say uh, 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 in the ghetto, nobody's smiling. You know, every stage I'm seen on, the mic I fiend on. I I have nothing. I stand on nothing alone. I need nothing. I stand on the stage alone. I need nothing to lean on. I go, Jamal, now give me a leg. Nah, I can't come up with nothing like that. That's what I'm talking about. Don't bring me no Kendrick Lamar, J. Cole against that shit. So we're going to start basically doing that, right? When we do the versus battles and whatnot, pull your verses out and I'll pull mine out. Or the best rappers I know. See if you can match that shit. But the audience like, nah, man. Lil Wayne tore that shit up. And he said, yeah, I did a lollipop. I did a lollipop and whatnot. You know, Kyle, you don't know, man. That's just hot, man. Lil Wayne's like, well, I love a lollipop. I love that blew that away. That's why I said, man, we don't have a real hip-hop audience no more. I'm sorry hip-hop left New York. That's the problem. The hip-hop was in New York. People knew what was good. You know, I think California did pretty good, too, because I give Ice-T, you know, they were real MCs. They were rapping good MCs when they first came out. Uh, too Short was a good MC. You know, I gave Z-E was all right, you know. Ice-T, Ice-T was all right, you know, good MCs. You know, but, you know, for the most part, you know, uh, I would say Andre 3000, you know, and, uh, and uh, Goody Mob and uh, uh, Outcast, they were all right. You know, that's on elevators. They're on a different level right there. I can see that. Common was from Chicago. That motherfucker, but I know even from Chicago, that shit was New York. Is that uh, booming in your booming your Jeep? You know, I'm going to play that in the bottom of the album, you know. One step, two, the rocket booming in your booming in your, booming in your Jeep, you know, solar power. That, that was, I know that background, that's Brooklyn, that's uh, Bronx and Soundview areas. That that look, that feel. You know, it's like when you left your Raekwon's only built for Cuban Link, you feel like you're in Staten Island. You know, that uh, Iron Man CD with, with Ghostface Iron Man, you feel like you're in Staten Island. You feel like you're on the Staten Island docks. You know, so we, like I said, man, we just lost a lot of stuff. It was stuff that we didn't appreciate. You know, we had everything to uh, to liberate us and everything. We had a culture that was good, everything, you know. We had good music, everything. And along comes this, all this fuck this counterculture shit to destroy our culture, destroy our peace, you know. Just the other day, a guy went to a Christmas party not Christmas party, a birthday party, something like that, right? And uh, and to get his sister, and he gets up, he ends up getting shot in the back the other day, college kid, at a house party. Happened like yesterday. Families torn apart and everything forever and everything. This is what it is. People are now like this, and people are not supposed to say nothing. You're supposed to be uh, sitting back and swallow your pain. No, let that shit out. See that Charleston White, see the anger and the hatred he has? You need that. You need an inferno of hatred. When these people come in our, in our communities talking all this nonsense, shooting several people died in this concert, when I, and this nigga went to a fucking after party. And we say nothing about it. But I'm going to say something about it. This is what we're talking about. And they wonder why the kids have no respect. You wonder why 50% of black men are going to vote for Donald Trump this year. This year might be up to 60%. 
Why? Because black men are tired of the world the way the world is. We're going a different direction. You got black nationalists, black liberals, black conservatives, everybody just saying we need a break from this shit. It's madness right now in black America. We need order. If it means shaking up the political process for a couple of generations, so be it. We need a major overhaul of the political process in black America. A major overhaul. We need a revolution. You know? So, it's just a, a sad situation, you know? Sad situation. No, I was looking at a book for sale. 1976 Tartan T, $15,000. New sale, sailboat. Oh, shit, I like that. But I don't know. Paint, electric interior, heat, AC unit. Thing. It's kind of small. Would I take down the ocean, though? I don't know. Let me see. 14. I don't know much about sailing. I always have these nightmares of a wooden boat. I'm a boat hitting a rock and I'm sinking. That's my worst nightmare. Getting out of sea and sinking, you know? I would only go on a boat unless. Somebody else had another boat right beside me in case my boat sink. I could just hype over there and uh, and uh, go over to them and uh, go over to them and uh, and get saved. But uh, but uh, so this. But it is what it is, man. It is what it is. Some people. You know, I can't, no matter what I do, I can freaking can't convince them because a lot of people don't know politics like I do. You know, it's not going to be until it's too late. I feel like, Carla, damn, you are right. You are right. I'm right about a lot of stuff. Let me tell you something. In 2000, I didn't know shit about how geopolitics work. I didn't. But I didn't know I was determined I was going to learn. After that 2000 election and when Gore lost, and they said because of Clinton backed them or whatever like that. And I was like, what the hell? I had no idea. I was completely blindsided. How the hell did that happen? How did I not know that? You know? And and they said there was a win. It was split. And the Democrats, the, the Al Gore's and the Bill Clinton split in the Democratic Party. I said, I had no idea there was a split. I said, I did not see that. You know, I said because I was basically so freaking ignorant. And I had to realize that I was ignorant about politics. I could not debate. I was freaking stupid. I said, but I just didn't know. And I, like I said, I fell down in tears, right? Because I felt so freaking. Now, that was the time period I was partying and stuff like that. I wasn't really paying attention to politics and everything. And then I said, that was the time I was clubbing and everything like that. And, I'm, and I said to myself, you know something? I got to get back, man. I, I'm better than this. I should know this stuff. I should know what's going on in the world. I'm not going to be blindsided by politics. And I want to know what goes on in the world that I live in. Now, I want to say something to the world one day. You know? Bad, bad as we 
Leroy Brown Brown. I'm a pro for pro, but not a noun. That noun is you got beef. Beef, you get ground ground. Cut up and so so. By the pound for pound, I'm going downtown like Juliet Brown. I'm the round mound, not a rebound. But like a hound, I get down. Never will release, but I'ma show you how loose is my goose. Got more soul than combat boots. That's why I can't. They keep calling me, man. Keep calling me. They call my name. I say I can't give it away, give it away now. I say when, say what, or say how. Okay, between you and me, man, it's all this white rap. I got the power. I just might snap. Bum, 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 bum. They fast. Cause I'm the Ramadan. Oh, hoi, hoi, I'm fat boy. I be the bad boy, having a potty. But I'm not a Democrat. Well, there's a child, but now I'm milk like Simulac. Don't have Cinemax, because my cable's pirated. Fuck out with the rock, try to spot. I'll get fly with it, but that's control. I suggest some soul. Far as back, I got it, but I have no breath control. So give me a CO, baby, like um Chris Webber. I got myself together. Now I'm straight. Are you straight? If you straight, then I'm straight. Block me tonight, just for old time. Say, boom it in your, boom it in your, boom it in your Oh, 
Yeah, people back in the day is funny because the same thing happened with DOS effects stuff, right? There was an EP version, that, which is that, right? That's what everybody liked. And then when they put on the album, it was another version. That's like DOS effects, uh, Mike Check. I went there and I was like, I went to <laughs> same thing. It was like, you know, there were several songs like that. There was a real version that you heard on the radio that everybody was like, yo, this is shit. You know, um, I forgot the name of the girl, Allison. Uh, I forgot her name, Allison. I forgot her name was Wilson, Allison Wilson, right? She had a song out that was fire, right? And then we got the CD, the cassette, garbage. I'm like, man, we want that version, right? Same thing when Dots Effects came out with Mike Checker, right? That Mike Checker would lit the, uh, lit the party up, right? Then we get the freaking CD, whatever the tape. It was some whack ass thing. Same thing with Common, right? They put out this hype me up. It was, it was way things were back then. People have a CD, uh, EP that they would get distributed, right? And they would own the rights to it, whatever. Like that. they couldn't put that on the album. They had to make a toilet. But they, but they wouldn't even bother trying to make the album uh, a thing. The only person people that that put out song that was the same. As the, the song you heard, there was some people like LL Cool J, uh, Kane, uh, Karis One, and uh, and a couple of few other people back then that would put up, be able to put out the same song you see on the street that you on the radio that you in the street that you hear on the radio it's on the seat that that would be the same version that you see on your um thing. Now, what you call uh, Flavor in Your Ear, there was one version, just Craig Mack, but the song they got the Flavor Ear they got big was. Uh, uh, the remix with Biggie Smalls and, and Leaders of the New School and all stuff like that. That's the one that got a uh, thing, but you know, it is what it is. But like I said, you know, nobody can touch that, that sort of old school music and everything. And people, like I said, you look at the comments on these stuff, people say the same thing. How is it that uh, uh, in every other civilization, 30 years, we'll say, yeah, look how far we came. Now, you look at, like, five footage from 1911, right? Going live, five footage. New York City, everybody, black, white, top hat, was dressed immaculate, right? Women were dressed in black. Men would have suits and ties on. Everybody looked like they were important. May not have a dime in the bank, but they looked important in the, in the, in the thing. People dressed good. Black people, uptown in Harlem, black men were immaculate. <laughs> look, at, look at our culture now. People falling apart. People with pants sagging down. And everything like that. What the hell happened over the years? You know, that a culture is like it's not just black people, white people too. White people, everybody, everybody looks like a mess, looks like a bum. Black men were always known to dress sharp and whatnot and dress nice and everything. Now if you dress nice, oh, we going to church. You know, no bum ass nigga. This is the way I dress. I'm going to my office, whatever like that. Oh man, you must be a preacher man, you know. That's how far we've sunk it. You got grown-ass men uh, in their 50s and never put a tie on in their life, never had a suit in their life, never had anything important in their life. We basically are falling down. And, and, and what, I, what I'm trying to say is this. How do we go from the 90s? Things are like they were looking up. We would have positivity, you know? You know, we had uh, uh, the Malcolm X movement out, man. I love that freaking. The best song that came out in that time period was that Rest of Development Revolution. Oh, Revolution. 
we're on our way, but somebody had a different plan, right? Hot 97 came along, you know. They said we were talking in the 90s, our generation X, we were ready for the revolution. We were ready for a different way of thinking, you know, building and stuff like this. I remember those time periods, man. I remember I was bumped into a guy. This is back in like 2001, right? And, uh, well, I was all doing delivery pieces at the time, right? And I went to his brother's house, right? He, could, he had a nice house, right? Nice neighborhood, right? And him and I are about the same. He's probably a couple years older than me, right? And he opened the door. And he had a, a, a shirt that was real old. You could tell it from the 90s. It was a red, black, and green. It said Afram on it, right? It had the people, you know, the Afram colors. And I just sat there staring at him, right? And he said, you all right? I said, oh, I'm just looking at your shirt. Oh, man, I had this shirt. This is going to go back in college. But this shirt just brought back so many memories, you know, of good times. We were celebrating Kwanzaa. We were doing all those good things and everything. I just sat there and kept looking at him. He said, brother, you all right? I said, all right, man. I just, you know, I'm, I'm depressed because your shirt just, you know, brought me back to another time period, a different world. I knew. He said, yeah, I know. And the brother, like I said, remember those days, man? We were brothers, man. You know, and stuff like that, you know. We were exploring our African roots and whatnot, you know, everywhere. But now, this whole year was just like, this year it was like 2000, it's like 2004 or something. It's about 2000, yeah, about 2000. What year was this? Yeah, it's about 2004, 2005. And I'm looking at him like, what the hell happened? What happened? We don't, we're not even brothers anymore. We're not family. Remember those days, man, when people come out to the Emoja Festival. People come out to the Kwanzaa festivals. We have all these things, you know. People combine hip-hop with African culture and beats and everything. We hear speakers speak or not. There was love in the air for our people. But what the hell happened? Why, are we, why is it the culture of death and destruction in the name of everybody getting along and everything? I'm sick and tired of everybody getting along. If it means me got to be divided against my brothers and sisters. I'm getting sick and start getting along where we got we got to celebrate gangsters, murderers, and killers and everything like that because they're cool. I'm ready to go back to my own people. Let's get back that love. I want that feeling I had when I looked at that guy's shirt. That shirt just took me back. I was just sitting there staring at him. I said, man, I just love you, this shirt. He said, this shirt's old. I can tell it's old. It's all faded. But it was like something fading, right? It was like a metaphor it's shirt fading right he just happened to have it on just come to the door but i'm sitting there looking at the shirt right it was people with fruit baskets on their head it was uh people it's an afran fest you know african cultural festival you know 1995 and i was sitting there just looking at it like i remember them days you know, I remember those days of the Million Man March. It was right around the time of the Million Man March in those days. What the hell happened? We lost. We lost. We spiritually, emotionally died. And I was determined in 2006 
to resurrect this revolution, this cultural revolution called the colonization. In 2006, right, I discovered the internet. I told this story all the time and like this. I discovered the internet. Well, I had the internet since 2005, but I didn't know. I, let me tell you something. I was listening to the internet for porn and uh, dating sites and everything. And I discovered social media. I was off the internet from 2003 until 2006. Three years. In that three years, something new arrived on the scene. It was called social media, blogs, you know, vlogs. And I heard that uh, you could talk to people across the world and you could print articles. I said, you're kidding me. I said, something that's been in my head for all these years, I'm going to be able to put it out there and people could buy it or not. I'll see. So I started making colonization uh, social media sites and everything, and it was a hit. I wasn't crazy. I was right. All the stuff I was talking over the years in my head, I was right about. When I started talking about, I saw a, a shift, a deliberate shift in our culture right around the time of 93 and 94. I saw a fundamental shift with the coming of Hot 97, all these corporate owned radio stations and everything, who pushed out good rap and everything. And they created a, a widened audience of hip hop. It wasn't us deciding it. It was now white suburbia deciding what is the best rap, you know? If you say something about it, you're a black racist, you know? We used to have people like Chief Rocker, Frankie Crocker in New York City. Black radio was the most, gar- what going on the air was garden in our community. Our DJs and everything like that were black owned media. They, we cared about what went on to our, 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 our people. We had black social commentary. It was all mixed in together. You know, we were serving our community. And along comes Hot 97 and all this ghetto-ass powerless, hot this, Z this, and all that. And they only want the bag for the, the, the music, but they don't want to talk about our issues. To the point where they push all our issues to the side. They only talk about hip-hop. No, let's not talk about, you know, what's going on in the community. Let's interview Biggie Smalls, talk about how fucked up Pac is, how he's a gangster and everything. Let's, 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 let's make Biggie and Tupac front and center in the black community. Something these two never even asked for. A 22-year-old and a 24-year-old, then main topics in black America. And that's what I tell you all the time. They don't really care about you. They don't care about us. They don't care about no black leader and everything. All they want to do is suppress you and tell you, uh, piss on your head and tell you it's raining. There's no black discussion or dialogue. These people don't give a shit. They choose who's going to be the next black leader or whoever. That's whoever they put on CSN, MSNBC, Fox News, whoever like that. That's who's going to be the so-called black leader. Now, you all these black so-called alternative could talk all they want. It's all about who gets up on that, that platform and they say, what does black people think? After all these years, they still choose. To, like, and white people act like they're wistfully ignorant. We don't know what's going on. We don't know there's a black pan-African movement led by Genesis out there. You know, we don't know that's going on. They know exactly what's going on. But they choose to ignore it. Out of sight, out of mind. 
if they ignore collagenesis and everything, I don't exist. But I'm going to be like Jamal said, I know you were going to Charlemagne, the God show over yet. I would not, Jamal, you don't know me that well, bro. Obviously. I would not go on no fucking breakfast club. I'm glad they're gone. I take myself seriously. What the fuck would I go in there where the likes of Umar Johnson, Brother Polite, and Tariq Nasheed, all these goofballs. These people are not on my freaking level. No disrespect with them. But I'm somebody real. So I'm going to go on the breakfast club. What do I need to go on the breakfast club for validation for? The people I'm looking for is not the people I'm looking for for the builders moment won't be listening to the Breakfast Club. By no far. So I would not gain anything from going on the Breakfast Club, brother J Mall. So nice try with that. Oh, Charlemagne the God. Get the fuck out of here. I would never sit down. I don't respect Charlemagne the God, you know? So what the hell would I go over uh 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 so what the hell would I go on a thing? You know what I'm saying? What would I go on uh, the Breakfast Club for? For what? You know? What would I what in the world would I need to go on that on that on that goofball network for? It's a it's a joke. It's a severe joke. Let me read some headlines, folks. Headline, let's see. What's been going on in the news? Severe violence erupting in uh, Sierra Leone. Police kill protesters. Sad. But like I said, stop romanticizing the thing. An African-American introduced me to uh, made in Ghana chocolate. Yeah. They said, and it was branded with our logo. <laughs> That's good. It looks like a good chocolate. It looks like a Hershey bar. I love Hershey bars, you know. Got one downstairs, I mean. Travel Noir. Wow, descendants of the first enslaved Africans from Virginia to Angola. Angola is where we mostly come from. You know, with the president of Angola and everybody. Angola wants to reach out to African Americans. I think that's a really good idea because Angola has money. You know, Liberia is a good country. Angola, We have to be more global. You know, we can't be like this. All these cities that you see, we have to have a new start in there. We have to build these smart cities. That's what we're focusing on now, folks, building new smart cities like the futuristic smart cities to build on the African continent. That's what our youth need to be going to school for. That's the future right there, building these futuristic cities on the African continent. I had this clown. There's a clown out here. Deadly clown. Let's see what a deadly clown has to say. He said, I'm going to marry you. You will not impress him with your looks. Your looks will get him to look, but afterwards, he'll look the other way. Because as good as you think you look, there's another lady that looks just as good as you, if not better. Have you ever noticed that there are men who will marry a woman that looks less good because the true beauty in who she is is the fact that she challenges him to be a better person? You see, there's not one man in here who will marry a woman just because she looked good and just because she got a nice smile, just because... Dude, man, shut the entire fuck up. Even Tanya TKO was like laughing. Are you kidding me? This dude is a fucking clown, man. Are you kidding me? That goes against everything. Men, all we do is care about looks. You think I give a shit about uh, Isabella's? I do. I care about her personality and smile. But it's the way she freaking looks, you know? You got a lot of people out there. I hate that shit, you know? 
well, you know, there's a big, I'm saying, I'm saying a big girl. I hate that when people try to hook me up with. Yeah, let me let me stop, right? She has a nice personality. I'm not looking at her goddamn personality. You know, show what she's big. Yeah, I know big girls try harder, you know? But I wonder why, yes, you know? Yes, I, I be lifting you. I want a freaking hot chick that's going to put me in my place or make me freaking obey, you know? <clears throat> I don't need no damn, uh, uh, you know, some Magilla the Gorilla with a fucking wig on chasing me and shit. Yo, so looks beautiful. Carol Hicks, God damn, she's beautiful. After all these years, she is stunningly beautiful, you know? You know? Stunning. I got to write it on Stunning. After all these years. After all these years. After all these years. My crush. That's Tarot Hicks. Oh, I love her to death. I, I love her. She played in the Bronx Tale. Now, that's a beautiful sister, man. Beautiful. God damn. She knows it, too. She's like around 48, 49 right now. She's still like beautiful. You know, ageless beauty, you know. I'm sorry, folks. Shoot me. I like beautiful women, you know. I love beautiful women. I think all women, I think, uh, that, I think if we could build a nation, a black nation, and require women to look beautiful, don't gain no more than, uh, the weight limit should be uh, 135 pounds if you're under 5'9". Under 35, 140 pounds is the maximum, right? Uh, women should be required to be beautiful, feminine, everything like that. And basically be married by the time they're 24 years old, no later and everything. You will have a society where the society will be paradise on earth. And then, oh, there's a college, you're a misogynist. I'm sorry, man, but Something has to be done about this shit. A lot of times the crime you see is men don't got no goddamn women. They're going out here. They're frustrated. They're going out here. Excuse me. They're frustrated. They're angry and everything. And a lot of them engage in the homosexuality and all this kind of stuff like this. Once upon a time in black America, the black homestead has created a new life in parts of the exodus of movement. They created homes for the story of the African-Americans. Uh, 3,500 black tamed titles to 6,500 acres of prairie land. Know, learn about the Kansas exodus there. Junius Groves on the right, known as the Potato King. He grew potatoes and everything. We got to learn the story of the African American. We have a great history. Pioneers to the West. We need more movies. I'm sick and tired of the losers, the gangsters. Every time I look around, there's another gangster movie and everything. We got to do the the mafia when nobody wants to learn about real history in black America. It's fat it's fat it's fascinating. You know, we'd have to finance our own movies and everything like this, you know, it's ridiculous, you know. So Carl Sagan warned us back in nineteen ninety five. He says, Look, you know, and Carl Sagan, you know, the cosmos, right? I studied him for years and everything since I was in junior high school. He said, I have a foreboding of the America of my children and graduating at the time. The United States is a service information economy where nearly all keys of manufacturing have been slipped away in other countries where the awesome technology powers of the, uh, are in the hands of a very few and no one representing the public interest can be grasped issues. When the people have lost the ability to set their own agendas, 
uh, or acknowledging and questioning those in authority. That's what we have right now. That's why they're trying to get rid of Trump. And all you people cheering for this, you don't know what the fuck you're cheering for. We do, these people are trying to implement the new world order. It's not a joke. I'm not playing games, you know? Because sooner or later, they're coming for you too. When, our clutch, uh, when it clutches our crystals and nervously consulting our horoscope and our critical faculties are in decline, unable to distinguish between what feels good and what's true, we slide almost without noticing back into the superstition and darkness. That's what it is. The dumbing down of America is most evident in the slow decay of civilization content in the enormous influential media. 30-second sound bites. Yeah, Trump bad, Trump bad, Orange Man bad, 30-second sound. This is what Dr. Carl's thing is telling you. 30-second sound bites, now down to 10 or less. Sound bites, nothing true, nothing substantiated. Just remember when he said this. You know, I remember this is is profound. uh, He said this back in 95, but he's been saying this for decades. It's a profound uh, uh, influence about this. And not only that, George Orwell uh, wrote the book uh, 1984, where they predicted this, you know. Uh, uh, Rod Sterling talked about this, you know, in this the, the thing called the obsolete man, you know. And the bottom line is this, what, what right do you have? You're just a scribbling, ugly worm, you know. And the bottom line is this, this is what we have. We're being a uh, thing. And people sit back and they... And they and they're self-righteous and they indulge us and everything. So long as it's not me, so long as you getting fed and everything, so long as you can have your beer at the local pub, so long as you can have watch your football and your basketball game, everything is okay. But it's not okay. It's not okay. As I write, the number of video cassette rentals in America and dumbing down the devil beavers and buddy. They thought beavers and buddy makes popular. This guy Carl Sagan was way ahead of his time. About things like I said, this is a sad place to be intellectual in this world. I feel lonely and isolated, and you know you're bitter and depressed most of the time because most people can't think on your level. And that's not being arrogant; that's just telling the truth. It's frustrating because you got to listen to people with their low IQs and their low intellect and everything like that, and you got to sit there and make small conversation with people that they don't understand where the world is, and may, they make you feel like. Why is everything so serious? Lighten up, man. Here's a blunt, man. Smoke this blunt, collar. You know, get on. Yeah, come on, collar. This is weed, collar, man. Get high, collar. Get some weed, collar. You know, why are you so serious about everything, collar? You know, come on, man. Life is no. I'm sorry. I was put here for this earth. I got a purpose on this life. I'm not going to say just go down just because it feels good. I had to answer to God one day. What did you do on this earth? Did you try to warn the people? Yes. If I have to stand alone, I will do it. You know, we live in a world where people don't understand. Why is all this happening? Why is all this death and destruction? Why is all this sadness? Isn't this what it is? You know, last week we talked about the apathy of the damned. You know? And this week... These are the rainy days, but keep your eyes focused, keep going straight, and don't look off to the side because there's always somebody in a situation worse than yours. This has been the College Genesis, chief host of the Voice of the College Nation radio show. I'll be back next week on DeVille Radio, same college time, same college channel. Good night.